That's right. I had to look up Phantom of the Paradise because I don't believe I'd ever heard of that before. Oh, man. But Brian De Palma doing like a Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, uh, not even just Phantom. Yeah, so Phantom of the Opera, it's like the basic structure of it. You know, there's a a guy, you know, going around this this, uh, music venue often people but it's a lot different than like you'd, you'd expect from the phantom story and it also incorporates a lot of other like classic stories too like faust and things like that um it's very like and it's a musical yeah yeah right it's like a musical yeah um i don't think the songs are the songs are good there's some good songs in there but mostly it's it's just great because like it's like brian de palma and it's uh huge on bon- and bombastic and as some of the coolest production design like the design of the phantom and that is like maybe my favorite phantom design of any of them he's incredible and uh are you including the gremlins 2 phantom of the opera scene oh you know what i was not including that but now that you mention it hey I mean, he's way up there hey absolutely <laughs> one of the best to ever do it that gremlin the phantom gremlin yeah um, <laughs> like he gets the acid thrown in his face and then they they all laugh about it yeah he know he That's immediately one of the like best things about it i love how sudden and it pulls up the mask yeah. right away yeah yeah we watched that together that's right i was thinking the last time i watched that it was me and you i think yeah. um no we, uh but phantom of the paradise yeah it's it's fantastic paul williams is like the villain and he did all the music and it's it's incredible it's so much fun i'll have to check it out yeah and then uh, I, I I took some some edibles with experience and they kicked in right as Asperia started. That was a lot of fun. Mm. <laughs> that was intense. That's always nice. good. Yeah, I I remember back in the day I did. There was a seventy millimeter of two thousand one, and Ooh. they the edibles were peaking right at the very end of it, and it was just very intense. <laughs> That's incredible. The listeners can't see your your movements. Wait, wait, sorry, my movement. I know, yeah, I'm, I'm already getting. No, Marf, up. I Marf was careful. going. Marf was like showing us. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> how, how my mind, my mind was expanding. Yeah. Basically. Well, hey, hopefully, I mean, talking about mind expanding experiences, and uh, today on the weekly podcast massacre, which is the show you're currently listening to, um, we are talking about the. I mean, to me. This is a moment that really expanded my mind seeing today's movie for the first time. Um, but before we talk about that, I'm going to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Greg. I'm today's host. And with me, as always, are... I'm Michael Murphy from Portland, Oregon, but everyone calls me Murph E. Kill. <laughs> I like that little addendum to it this time. <laughs> right. Had to fit, I had to remember the well, E there. Everyone's like Murph, and I'm like, oh yeah, I do go by Murphy. I like that. I like the I, way you put it there, Murph E. Yeah. It's like a hyphen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was um when I worked on my university campus when I was in college back in the day, there was a a guy who would turn in these projects and I would print them, and well, everybody, not just this one person, but anyway, his name was Mike Y, but he would put it like Mike with a capital Y. So I thought his name was Mikey. So I was calling him Mikey and then people would give me the really weird looks. I'd be like, hey, Mikey, your um, stuff is, is done printing or whatever. And then he'd just kind of like walk over and get, nobody said anything. And then at one oh point God. I realized that his last name started with a Y and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I felt really bad. <laughs> I mean, hey, if he didn't say anything, maybe he was cool with it, right? I mean, it was kind of like everybody... Like looked up when I said it, like they were like, "Oh, this dummy!" <laughs> and like, I didn't know because it was like capital M and then capital Y, and I just thought it was like a weird way 
So I have someone in my yeah, family who does just being weird things fancy. with capitals in their names. And it's mm. like a trademark for them. You made me think there was um, when you remember the the horror movie Mirrors came out, starring Kiefer Sutherland. There was uh, like one of those um, review things, like where they interview all day. Yeah, yeah. And one of the guys like comes up, is like, "So, Keef," and Kiefer just goes, "Fur." <laughs> And you can just tell, like, automatically off to the wrong, on the wrong foot. And it's just, it goes downhill from there. It was so funny. Fur? For this month's theme, for the all month, all month long during October, we are doing a grab bag of movies. And we decided to do movies that uh, actually terrified us. Movies that actually, like, shake us to our core or at, at some point instilled fear in us when we first saw them or still to, to for the case of this movie to this day still make me very uneasy watching it i don't know about you guys like i mean this movie is kind of considered like a camp classic I, I i no one seems to really find this as upsetting as i do i've kind of found maybe it was just the time i saw it but today's I movie i can see that like it is it is very like the the thing about it is the gore and the gruesomeness of it. Yeah. And yeah, if you are so young when you're actually seeing this, I, I can see how it's it is just it's nauseating. To oh, yeah. Now, there's a couple of yeah, there's a couple of things, but one is just the sheer like intensity of it, yeah. Um but anyway, you're today's movie I'm not say the it. only person that finds it disturbing either because it's been banned yeah. in many countries and it's on the video nasty. That's true. List, so you are not the only one. That's that's true. I just like I think uh, in terms of the way people talk about like the scariest movies ever made, I just hardly see this one up there. But I think it, you know, it needs a seat at the table. But anyway, I should say the title of the movie: It's The Evil Dead from 1981, the Sam Raimi debut classic. I mean, like you can't get more uh, important to, like horror movie than the, you know. This movie is to me is like a, a bedrock of horror. Um, and agreed, uh, it's it doesn't have the same type of like face that texas chainsaw or you know friday the 13th nightmare on elm street but i again i do agree it has a seat at that table for influential films like its fingerprints are almost on numerous films going forward yeah yeah absolutely and then just like um like the the things that would all the people involved with it would go on to do later i think again we're talking about evil dead 2 because like greg nicotero works on evil dead 2 and you know they kind of expanded their their crew there but like uh sam raimi going on from this to like do his his amazing run of movies in the 90s like dark man and like you know uh did he do uh for the love of the game yeah for the love of the game and then the spider-man starring trilogy. kevin fucking costner yeah, yeah. <laughs> kevin fucking costner yes and then the spider-man trilogy and just to see like i love the watching the evolution of his style and realizing like um you know like how big of a hand he had in like i think like action editing i think he did a lot for like you know, action scenes and stuff like that with his movies. Uh, he's he's great. I'll, um, so, but I picked this movie because it genuinely terrified me. One of my I mentioned this in the first episode, but I was just not a horror fan before watching this movie. I just didn't think I could handle horror movies, and because uh, I had seen Army of Darkness ten million times, I assumed this would be a comedy, and it ended up you know like radically altering my brain and and forever like changing how i looked at movies and what they could do um so yeah, i'm very excited to be talking about it today what is your guys's history with evil dead i'm assuming you guys have both seen it before today i have seen it i cannot particularly recall like the first time but i did have 
all of them on DVD mm-hmm. uh, growing up. So it it was definitely a, a thing that I, I watched a lot. Um, I wanted to ask, Murph, uh, did you have the Necronomicon DVDs or were they just like standard DVDs? Just the standard DVDs. But then the uh, Army of Darkness one was like a really weird packaging. Mm-hmm. It was it looked to made it look like it was paper wrapping. Oh, basically. Oh, I never saw that the release of that one. I had the Necronomicon yeah. edition of Evil Dead two, but not one. But it was like the Book of the Dead, and it had all the artwork in it. And you could press the eye, and it played a little like scream. It was my favorite. Yeah, DVD. I did see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be hard to talk about the source without talking about Evil Dead Two as well. But uh, uh, Kill, what is your history with the Evil Dead? My history, uh, I saw the movie. I don't remember when I saw it. A long time ago. My best Evil Dead <laughs> memory, though, I'm not a musical person, but one time my brother called me and said, "Hey, I got tickets to this Evil Dead musical. Do you want to go?" And I was like, oh. "Okay, sure." So it was in this really small, like intimate little theater. Like they're really, it was like the smallest theater I've ever been in. And we walked in, we were the last ones to arrive and it was general admission because it was so small. And it was like a back alley type of theater. Not, it makes it sound like it's not a legit theater or something, but but it's like in a back alley kind of. But anyway, so we walk in and the only seats that were available were in the front row. And I don't usually like being in the front row of things, but I was like, okay, this is fine, whatever. And then we look around and we're like, everybody has like those plastic ponchos on. That's weird. Oh my weird. God. And so we went, we sat in the front row. We quickly figured out why those were the last seats available. And we just got absolutely covered in fake blood. It was super fun. And again, I, I'm not usually a musical fan. There's like a handful of musicals that I like, but this was awesome. And I highly recommend everybody if you could see it because it still tours. Yeah, yeah. I, I've won- I've been wanting to see it for years. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I had no idea there was a splash zone <laughs> in the Yeah, so I was going to save this for my final thoughts, but yeah. I also saw the Evil Dead musical. Oh wow. This was when I was in New York at film school and there would be occasionally times that they'd be like free tickets for things. I remember we saw the um Werner Herzog movie with Christian Bale about like the POW like, we got free tickets to that. But one day it was like, hey, the Evil Dead musical, do you guys want to go? Of course. Um, there was like four or five of us. It was a Tuesday night. We got tickets. The theater is maybe like a third full. And we're sitting towards the back. Intermission happens. And then we're just kind of hanging out at the bar. And the the usher lady comes up to us like, uh, would you guys like to move up to the splash zone? And oh we're like, God. fuck, yes. So, like, they they gave us ponchos, so I don't know why you didn't get a poncho killed, <laughs> but, like, they handed no. it to us, and then, yeah, we basically sat, like, second or third row, just slightly off to the left, and we didn't really get covered, like, I got a little bit kind of on the arm part of the poncho, but it was just wonderful to be up that close for, yeah, the grand finale. That's yeah, How that's are really the cool. songs in the Evil Dead musical? I don't remember. I remember loving them. Yeah, yeah. I remember right. it was a really great time. It's one of my favorite stories to tell about musicals or the Evil Dead. I think I enjoyed it more than the actual movie. It was just, I oh don't really God. remember. <laughs> I remember like a couple of the jokes being really funny. And then I remember afterward, I was supposed to meet my friend's family at a restaurant, like her entire extended family as well. And so my brother and I show up and we have like fake blood all over us. <laughs> this nice restaurant. <laughs> it was a few blocks away from the theater. 
Nobody said anything, but what a wonderful it's first obvious. impression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they all knew me. I, I do I remember family, it's kind of um, a combination of one and two. It yeah. is like the two couples and a person going, but then it gets so irreverent, like in the second one. And the, that would make sense. Yeah. Like, I remember the, the moose head talks. Right. Like it does in the second one. So that's cool. I mean, that's that's a good, that's probably the best way to do it to like satisfy fans and do all that you know, just to combine those two stories. And there's a, always that debate between like whether or not two is a remake of one and like, um, you know, it's I, kind of a weird I had to just answer. start rewatching two because I could not remember exactly if it is remake, reboot, or or like that. And it does seem like it's its own thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Army of Darkness, even then, is also its own thing, and the show seems to be its own thing, so who knows, really, you know? Um, I think even, like, Sam Raimi would tell you it just doesn't matter. Like, each thing is its own thing, you know? Like, Ash vs. Evil Dead is, like, an entirely separate character and universe. <laughs> he would probably tell us to stop being such a fucking nerd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is something I love about Sam Raimi. I mean, he's just, like, a... I mean, he and his family are from, like... They're from Michigan, I think. They're just, he's, like midwest dorks themselves you know like i think one of them's a dentist like i think ted i think everybody that was there was from michigan because they were originally going to shoot in the detroit area they couldn't find a suitable place so then they went to tennessee because it was they were like oh it's gonna be too cold in michigan so we'll go somewhere warmer and then it ended up being a horrible winter in tennessee yeah So I, I mean, everything about the, like the mountains are very, like sunny LA or anything. Like, I don't know why you would think, oh, ten, let's go below the Mason Dixon line. That's what'll do it. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what Michigan people think. Everything south of Michigan is going to be warmer. It's true. Uh, I, probably, yeah. I was going to say, probably not, like, not wrong there for sure. Um, Everything about the production seems like it was an absolute disaster. They, like, filmed in an actual, like, abandoned cabin with, like, nails sticking out everywhere. And it was just, like, crumbling and falling apart. Um, People kept getting I have a injured, cool event. too. Oh, yeah. Like, Bruce is limping in a couple shots where he's not, mm-hmm. it's not acting. He actually fucked up his leg. And then I guess <laughs> his teeth, he got a bunch of his teeth knocked out at one point as well. Oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, um, he does look far different in this movie than he does in any of the others. Like, I mean, it's part of it's just that he's young, but there is like a different shape to his face. And I think maybe getting his teeth knocked out is why he looks different in other movies. Um, and he has like a serious unibrow. Oh yeah. It's intense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like there's a couple when he has the little, when he's about to give the necklace or whatever, mm-hmm. like there's some close ups. I'm like, how did no one be like, come on, Bruce, we're going to do a close up. Let me. One of those girls like, I got a pair of tweezers. Let's just do this. I think he just didn't care. He just wanted to rock the unibrow. You know, that's his thing, I guess. Because um, you're right, power it's, to it's, him. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I, I also got to go to a cool uh, Evil Dead event. It's not was not the musical, but when the remake was coming out in 2014, um, the theater that I worked for, the company, uh, they were hosting an Evil Dead film festival for the uh, release of the new one. And so... Um, at the Fox Theater here in LA, which is a really nice theater, in uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the theater that Sharon Stone goes to is the Bruin. Right across the street from it is the Fox Theater, um, which is like a big one room theater, like six hundred seats. Uh, you guys ever seen Bowfinger? It's the theater that 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 they had the premiere of Bowfinger at the end of that is in that theater. And I anyway, mean, that's what I put on every night to fall asleep to. Is <laughs> Bowfinger. 
I not actually, I, I really love here. that movie. Like yeah, Steve Martin is super funny when he like cuts off uh, a car phone and mm-hmm. then like shoves the cord down his uh, yes. sleeve so he can make it look like it's and a cell phone. He has that whole scene so with, funny. with Robert Denny Jr. in the restaurant. Yeah, um, yeah. My just real quick, my favorite gag in that one is when they're they're doing the they're like stalking Eddie Murphy to the parking garage and they put the shoes on the on the golden retriever to like follow him. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I'm so sorry. Anyway, it's not Bowfinger. We'll cover, Bo- we'll cover Bowfinger another month. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so it was, the, month. it was at the Fox Theater. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we could do that. And twins. Um, at the Fox Theater, huge, beautiful, ornate, old Los Angeles theater. They did this Evil Dead Film Festival. They played the three originals. It was all in 35 millimeter. They played like, you know, trailers from the release year. So there was like trailers for like Frankenhooker and, you know, Basket Case and all that stuff before these movies. Um, they had Q's and, uh, Q&A between Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2 and then between Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Um, and so the Evil Dead 1 Q&A was all the actresses from this movie. Um, they came out and told stories and answered questions and it was incredible. All three of them were super proud to have been associated with this movie. They said it was hell on earth to shoot it. But like right from when they first saw the final cut they're like yeah it was all worth it like we you know we love that we did that sam Raimi's is the best like you know they had a blast with it they love going to cons and talking about it and stuff so um it seems like it was a really hard production but everyone seems to you know think it paid off obviously and yeah there were some injuries <laughs> but when you see the movie that comes out of it like i mean i would i would i would hurt myself for for this movie you know if it ended up being this good like yeah yeah i'll, I'll knock a couple of my teeth out sure but yeah, that was an amazing event. And it was like, again, a room of 600 people sold out, like diehard Evil Dead fans. There was an eight-year-old kid in the audience who was asking questions afterwards of like, how did you guys do that? Like, holy shit, this little kid was blown away. And like the film uh, um, between Evil Dead 1 and 2, there was a, or the, the second Q&A was like Ted Raimi and Greg Nicotero and uh, the producer Scott Tappert and like um, Robert Tappert, uh, the producer, sorry, whatever his name is. But anyway, they were like, is that eight-year-old kid here? Like, let's get that kid up here. And, like, they brought him on stage and were like, what'd you think of these movies? It was, yeah, it was awesome. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway, really fun event. One of the, again, so seeing this movie the first time was, like, my, you know, eye-opening and changed my life. And then that event, seeing all three of them and the new one at the remake at midnight that night, like, it was an insanely fun event. And so it's like Evil Dead is, you know, uh a key factor in two of the most important nights of my life, honestly. The remake is um, pretty good, too. Did you guys like the remake? The remake is great, yeah. And that was the other thing, is I like, the entire night uh, of that first night, we were I was, like, with my friends and my younger brother, um, and we were all really big Evil Dead fans, and, like, we just kept saying the entire time, like, we really hope the remake is good. Like, it's going to be so disappointing, if even if we watch all three beforehand, you're all amped up for the new one. And it, if it sucks, it's going to be really disappointing. But the fact that it was, it is so like that one is a fucking intense movie too. And like, um, like removes any kind of like campiness from this story, essentially um, that it is in this first one. And it's like just brutal and bloody. And it was a great time. The audience absolutely loved it. So yeah, I, I really dig that remake as well. That's my favorite. I haven't experience. seen it since theater. Wow. Yeah. 
It was so much fun. Yeah. I went again with my brother. It was again, my brother called me and was like, hey, let's go watch this movie. And I was like, okay. So we showed up at the theater and it was completely packed. It must have been an opening weekend or something. So it was completely packed. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting in a row with teenagers and uh, people were screaming and it was it was so much fun. And then at one point I looked over at the teenagers down the row. And this one dude is like looking away. And then he made eye contact with me. And he was like, holy shit, just screaming. <laughs> and then like after that, every time something would happen, I would like look to see this kid's reaction just because he was so, I mean, this is like a teenager, teenager, not like a young teenager, but probably like 16, 17 year old. And then afterward, he came up and gave me a hug and was like, he's like, thank you. He's like, you're my buddy through the movie. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> That's watching awesome. Him. Yeah. It was yeah. really fun. No, I really liked it. I don't I haven't seen it since the like theaters, but I we were talking about something about this earlier. It's like Scream and Halloween. I feel like this was one of the first, like, we're doing a reboot, but just calling it as the old. Yeah. Well, I guess Friday the 13th, no uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But those are I straight guess remakes. It's something so. you have to do. Yeah. yeah. And even that, that's, that's another weird one where, like, because there's a post credit scene with Bruce Campbell. Like, who knows what what that movie is? Is it a continuation? Yeah. Is this a new whatever? I mean, it's like yeah, it's so complicated. Evil Dead universe, you'll never figure it out. They apparently want to combine like those two movies and worlds, and there's a video game coming up with like all sorts of characters in them. Like, mm. um, yeah, actually, well, there was really already good. a video game. Oh, there's a couple of video games, like in, but yeah, there's yeah. a there's a new one that's going to have like characters from the show and the first and second movies. Apparently, like I think Scotty Scotty awesome. is a playable character in the video game. This like you know, um, which after watching this movie again, I like Scotty a lot, and uh, you know, I'm glad he's going to be in another piece of Evil Dead property. But anyway, um, to get into the movie itself, because like there's you know a lot of stuff to talk about in like a lot of these scenes and a lot of cool little things to point out and great moments. Um, I, I just, I love just right from the beginning, um, like to go back to like what I was expecting when I first saw this, I had seen army darkness 10 billion times. It was one of those movies I watched just on repeat on VHS. Um, my older brother used to like mute it at just the right time to censor the, the foul language in army of darkness, but like, you know, the bloodshed and, you know, decapitations and all that stuff was cool but anyway so i had seen that a million times and then just i remember right from the beginning putting this one on and just like feeling uneasy because of the music and like the the atmosphere of it i don't know what it is about the shots of this the the woods of tennessee but like they just seem so oppressive and like you know evil just right from the beginning um so yeah we opened this this very evil shot of shot of the woods um and it's the same sort of classic setup we just had last week with the descent of a bunch of friends going on a trip together that goes wrong. And I mean, it's the same setup as like Texas Chainsaw Massacre we talked about and like Tourist Trap and so many horror movies are just like people on a vacation that goes haywire, you know. Um, this one I find pretty interesting because it's two couples and then uh, Asha's sister Cheryl by herself. And um, this time too, watching it like... I just think there is something about the way that like Cheryl is treated throughout this movie, like when stuff goes wrong and then with the trees later. I, I, there's some interesting like weird subtext to to this, the fact that it's like this. She's like a fifth wheel, you know what I mean? And she's the first one to turn and kind of like is the most constant like presence once she's turned into a deadite. But yeah, we see <laughs> I have a big note here that it says Bruce's unibrow in all caps. Um 
And it's got like a winking, like, you know, satirical tone right away, just in the way they talk. Like uh, we mentioned, again, last week at The Descent, like the, the dialogue sometimes is like your typical kind of like cheesy, you know, like ironic horror dialogue. But it feels much more like purposeful on this one. Um, there's that really weird moment with like the cameras on Linda's face and it keeps going back and forth as the, you know, and she's like, just like, yeah, responding like, yeah, in that way to everything going on. Um, it, yeah, it is, like you said, it's very, it's much more satirical. Yeah. Type of, of like, we're, we're making a horror movie instead of we're making a movie that is a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. If that makes sense. Right. And it's, it's weird because like within the, within the, the people, like their dynamic is all like jokey and very silly, but like literally everything outside of the car is so like, uh, um, like creepy to me just everything about it just like the fog outside and the trees and then like um that scene with like the 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 near car accident like you know there's just like bad things happening from the get-go that just for some reason really unnerve me like all these signs that you know things are going wrong um they cross the bridge and it's like a mini like uh you know sorcerer moment and then um they come across this abandoned cabin out in the woods that is like just ramshackle falling falling apart apart. yeah Yeah. it's it's... the um the swing outside is is like hitting Mm -hmm. the side of it and it's just so kind of ominous and off-putting and then when scott goes to grab the key it just automatically stops yes which is even more off-putting yeah it was a i guess the cabin was in even worse shape like when they initially found it they had to make it look better (laughs) So that, like, they put in electricity and they did a couple other things to make it look even better. Mm-hmm. But apparently it was, that same cabin was also used as the lodging for the 13 crew members. So they were, like, everybody was sleeping oh in God. that house. Yeah. And there's no plumbing what a, either. What a fucking nightmare. And I think it's it's not even as big as, like, we see, Rex, isn't the basement is all a separate set. There's no basement in reality, I think. Yeah, the basement is in, I think it's in, um... It's somewhere in, I think it's Marshall, Michigan. It's somebody's family's cabin. Yeah. So, like, that actual space is even smaller than, like, it looks to in the movie. Like, you know, I, I can't imagine. It must have been such a fucking nightmare to live there <laughs> while shooting this. And then you're accruing injuries and spraying blood everywhere. Like, man. It was a family farmhouse in Marshall. And it was uh, Rob Tapert's family home. Man, that's that's the other like aspect of this movie that really impresses me. Um, it's just oh, like it's so other... low budget. <laughs> Another room was in Sam Raimi's garage, and the the gourds and bones <laughs> are supposed to be a tribute to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, yeah, and then that makes sense. When when the students descend into the cellar, a hole was cut into the floor of the cabin, and they dug a pit would put a ladder in it. So there wasn't, wow. <laughs> yeah. And then they burned the cabin Man. down when they were done with it. What, they burned it down? Yeah. What the hell? I, um, and maybe I did know that sounds vaguely That familiar, doesn't but... seem safe. <laughs> but I love it. This thing that could be like this icon of like horror filmmaking. That would just immediately burn it as soon as we're done. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember that. The Great Fire of 1980. Yeah. <laughs> Is it burning the whole forest down? Yeah, they, he burned it down. I guess Sam Raimi said that he burned it his he burned it himself after filming, and the only part that is still remaining is the chimney. Jesus, 
And I bet you still have people going out to vi- to visit that chimney too. I wonder how difficult it is to find. From what I read, the location wasn't disclosed. I don't know if wow. that's true or not. Yeah. I didn't look further into that, but I don't know. But that's that's another aspect to this is like you when you look into it, it's like yeah, you we don't know if we can even get back to where it was shot. No one really knows where it was. The cabin doesn't exist anymore. This is just like you know we're seeing the last days of this like really creepy spot out in the woods. You know. So, uh, yeah, there are a bunch of stu- college students going on a trip together. Two couples, and then Ash's sister, Cheryl. There's also Linda, Ash's girlfriend. Um, there's Scotty, and then Scotty's girlfriend, Shelly. And the Shelly and Cheryl names always throw me off. It's kind of irritating, actually, that there's two characters with such close names. But um, uh, they get to this this really creepy cabin just right from when they're in the car. There's like already a little bit of, like you know, kind of arg- some light arguments and, you know, ball busting going on within the group. Like, you know, uh, Scotty's kind of like a jokester. Although, I mean, they're all kind of like joking around. But um, there's not a lot to like the character development in this, but they are like separate enough that you can kind of tell them apart and, you know, like them. There's a lot of like, uh, there's a moment right when they're unpacking the car and someone like throws something at Scotty and he like bends over and gets hit, whatever. It's just like, you can see the Three Stooges like influence right away as well. With like the tone of their like interactions um, and like the little bit of physical comedy like that, so they all go to the cabin. Cheryl is by herself and she has like a weird vision. She hears a voice say "Join us," and then she like does that thing you see in movies sometimes, where like your arm is possessed and like writes or draws she's pictures. Like, yeah, she's drawing something, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, yeah, her arm is moving on its own, yeah. and it's making. Like, uh, a very crude drawing of the Book of the Dead. Yes, yeah. So she has that weird experience. She doesn't really say anything about it. And then I think, what is, uh, that's when we maybe have, like, the the shot where, like, we have the, the first kind of POV shot going around outside the cabin, which I, I love those shots a lot. The POV shots. The in, unseen in these. force. Yeah. yeah. This, this is probably the top thing in the movie. Right. Um, it's just, it always looks so good and it is so, um, evocative just about like the evil out there that you, you will never know exactly. Yeah. And it's just there. It's stalking you. It could be anywhere. And it makes this really like upsetting, like throaty noise, like that kind of like weird groaning as it moves around. And in reality, it's like the camera is on top of a like a some two by fours that like Sam Mamrie and the cameraman are like running with, I think, which is how they get that effect of it like being jerky and yeah. Yeah, I like that it looks like some of it looks kind of vaguely handheld, but that's because it was all like cobbled together with different things. And Bruce helped a lot with a lot of the different camera angles and stuff, and he put his house up for collateral so that they could finish the movie and get it transferred. Oh my God. Yeah, so I think Bruce, like when you say it's like Sam Raimi's Evil Dead, it should be Sam and Bruce's Evil Dead because he did oh, absolutely. a lot to I make mean, like, sure that this we did more than just star in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they were they've been friends for like a lot of years before this, and they like made yep. their own movies growing up, which is how they got started together. And then, um, yeah, uh, they made a short film before this, kind of like a proof of concept called like it's it's like it's not called The Cabin in the Woods, but it is like a similar title within the woods that's what it's called um yeah they made a short before this called within the woods i haven't seen apparently you can watch it but it's like a proof of concept thing it's a similar idea of like people in a cabin and like a demonic forces attacking them um but that secured them 
like the money over a few years like after showing that off they like got the, the budget for this and then like you said like bruce had to put up his house and uh yeah that collaboration between like sam Raimi and bruce campbell is super important and just even beyond like um bruce like helping out on set just like the fact that bruce campbell is like he trusts sam Raimi enough to, to do all this insane shit and like get his teeth knocked out and he's willing to like put his body through all this like <laughs> you know all these physical challenges to get this movie done and like just that passion for like the like the the movie really comes through in Bruce's performances. Um, not as much in this one as like the later ones. He's not asked to like hurt himself as much in this one, I think compared to like evil dead too, but he's just like the perfect like puppet for Sam Raimi to play with. Cause he's like down for everything. It seems like. Um, so anyway, we have that. Yeah. That first POV shot of the, the unseen force going on outside. And like, as it passes Scotty and, uh, Sherry's room, like you see Sherry taking her top off and, um, when that part happened at the Evil Dead Film Fest, like, I think probably just people being slightly uncomfortable, like, you know, whatever. There was kind of a laugh in the audience when her top came off. Like, everyone just started kind of, like, chuckling. And then when the Q&A started, they, like, handed the microphone to the actress. I had her name here. Um, Sorry. You said Linda? Uh, No, for Sherry. Uh, Shelly was Teresa Tilly. There you go, Teresa Tilly. So, um, Shelly, not Sherry, yes, Shelly. So when she they like handed the the microphone to Teresa Tilly, uh, Teresa Tilly, and she goes, "Before we start, I want to ask, why did everybody laugh when I took my top off?" Like she was like actually kind of hurt. <laughs> she was like, "That was so weird." She's like, "I thought it looked pretty good, and you guys laughed at me." And then like everyone in the audience, Aww. like you know that 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 killed. Uh, so there's like noises outside that kind of attract Cheryl, and then she goes out into the woods, and we get like. A pretty horrific... One of the hardest scenes, I think, yes. in movie history to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it is very brutal. Yeah, and it, it it's weird, too, because, like, the other Evil Dead, you know, uh, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and, like, Ash vs. Evil Dead, they never go this this hard after this. Like, none. there's not... There's no other cases of, like, sexual violence I can think of in the rest of this franchise. But this is, like, a, a crazy scene where the trees come alive and, like, attack Cheryl and, like, violate her. It's it's really upsetting. And the first time I watched this was on a DVD, like, in my family's computer room. And then, like, my dad came in and was like, oh, i got to use the internet for something. And my dad was sitting on the computer as this was playing next to him. And I'm sitting there, like, shaking and just, like, I don't know. Like, I could barely look at the screen. And my dad is glancing over and, like, kind of looking at me. And I was, like, 12 and so I think my dad was like, okay, well, he's old enough to like, you know, <laughs> you know, he's not going to say anything at this point. He's not going to be like, oh, maybe you should be. He just didn't say anything. He just like did what he had to do on the computer and left like, but was clearly super uncomfortable as well. You know, and uh, I think he's just... old enough to know this is wrong. So <laughs> I don't have to say anything. I think he could tell that I was like really upset by it. But I was like, well, he's doing his thing. It's like, you know, this is the moment where, yeah, he's not going to shut it off or whatever. But this was like a pivotal thing. I think where it's like I said, I was not a horror movie fan watching this for the first time. And then this is going on. And like, I, I did have to make this like I wanted to turn it off. I was like, maybe I'm maybe I shouldn't watch this. But I persevered for whatever reason. But she, so Cheryl escapes the trees and she runs back inside and like, um, this is kind of where she wants to go. She, she wants, wants to, Ash leave. to drive her yes. home. And I think it was before this, um, 
like she was already kind of complaining about the cabin and weird things happening with like the vision she had and there's a moment where like scott calls for a giant baby and like just the whole vibe of having cheryl there like she is like the outsider in this group and i think it's not a coincidence that she's then the first one to turn and like i don't know i just i get the idea that like you know there is something about this is the way like a friend group dissolves when there's a little bit of tension on a vacation. You know what I mean? It's like this, this, the outsider kind of starts causing these problems and it causes fights among everybody else. Like it's a somewhat, you know, relatable idea to have like this trip gone wrong kind of start there. It really irritated me that no one believed her when she was saying she comes right. in and she was like, the forest attacked me. But if somebody ran in, like from outside and looked like that obviously something happened even if they said that it was the yeah, forest I mean, she's, i'd be she's like something in, bad like, happened yeah yeah something bad happened and maybe she was like you know in shock and so she's uh, so i'd just be like all right let's get the fuck out of here right now then right yeah but i think because it's cheryl like scotty especially is like hesitant to like even be sympathetic for her even though she's clearly you don't want to ruin yeah. your vacation over just like haunted woods that yeah. i'm gonna do like come on do you just want it i mean their entire plan too it's not like they had like anything lined up to do they were just gonna like drink in the kitchen <laughs> like they, they don't like pull out a game or like music or dance or anything they're just like they're just kind of gonna exist in this space was their entire plan for the evening anyway but yeah so she she insists that they get in the car that's a really good moment where like he's trying to start the car and it won't start and she's like it won't let us i swear and then it starts right after that but the um they drive to the bridge that came in on and it's completely destroyed and curled up like a like fingers like they're they're trapped it's a, it was a really cool shot um it, this is a weird moment where the music is like weirdly cheesy they have like a weird like kind of like corny like uh like synth score over this part um that doesn't really work for me sometimes in this movie but like I think also, too, they've maybe have already explored the basement at this point. Or is that after? Oh, we've already, I think, at some point, they explore the basement. <laughs> and this is where they find it's, the it's, book. Yeah, gotta be before, because that's when he starts reading it and playing, like, Yes, the, they play the tape, yeah. Uh, tape recorder, which uh, is just so stupid of anybody. As soon as it's, like, it says what the book is and what it does, and now I will do the phonetic pronunciations of the book, like, <laughs> You're asking for trouble. Absolutely. And it is just weird that like a recording of the words is like able enough to summon them. It's just like a bizarre. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, they just have to be said and heard and vocal. The the car thing, like when that really cool shot when he gets out of the car. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of like it's weird. The car was at an angle and then but and the camera Ooh. was at the same angle as the car, so then when he when they got out of the car and started walking, it looked like they were walking sideways, but it was actually the car and the camera that were right. Sideways. Yeah, mm. that's really it's, it's cool. really I mean, cool. Guess, yeah, it's cool to look at. He so there's something about Sam Raimi's like creativity with cinematography and the camera that I just like absolutely. It just gets me so excited. Just as like somebody who, you know, like I mean, Murphy went to film school too. Like you've been parts of productions. It's just like how do you think to like pull the shit I off. think he it's... he has like a vision and yeah. then he is good at achieving that and being able to translate it from your mind to the screen is one of the most like challenging things absolutely yeah because it's such a collaborative thing that you have to have everybody on the page to make it happen the way you want it to happen yeah and that i think that is the mark of a good director 
Oh, definitely. And then I think he is very talented like that. Yeah, and I think he's he's he always pulls together a great crews of people. Like uh, Joel Cohen is an assistant editor on this movie, one of the Cohen brothers. And like, um, I mean, like obviously Joel Cohen, he and Ethan like edit all their own movies. They're great editors, and so it's just like Sam Remy knew to you know he had a really awesome collection of people behind this too. I think that's more of like he hired the guy to edit it, and then. Ethan I mean, Cohen yes, was of course, just yeah. part was just the assistant. But I did see like Sam Raimi's second film, like a couple years after this, is called Crime Wave, which yeah. I'd never heard of. I haven't. It's seen on Tubi right now, but it's it's written by Joel, Ethan, and Sam. Oh, whoa! I had no and idea. then Sam directed it, so I'm probably going to put that on later to check out. I boy, I'm probably do the same. I I didn't know that. Like, yeah, I mean, from this experience, like Sam, the Ra- the Raimis and the Coens were all like friends but i didn't know they worked together again i just know there's a um in raising arizona there's a very very like unseen force-esque shot when the camera like goes up a ladder i think like into the house of uh where the baby's being like being kept um that to me always like stood as like a deliberate shout out to sam raimi and evil dead we should talk about the car too this car the 1973 oldsmobile delta 88 was um Ramey's oh, yeah, car, like it, his yes. family car, yeah, and it has played Ash's car in all the Evil Dead movies, and also in the Spider-Man movies. It was in The Gift. Yep. It was in Drag Me to Hell. So this yes. this car has been in almost all of his other movies too. It's like it's a superstar vehicle. Yeah, uh, in Ash versus Evil Dead, it even gets its own story arc where it gets possessed. That's really really fun. Um, it's one of my favorite like like. Uh, few episodes of that show yeah so get back on track so yeah they, they find the book there's a there's a <laughs> hills have eyes poster down there there's a great joke where they pick up the big old knife with like the skull handle on it and scotty says this looks like your, this looks like your ex-girlfriend and like yeah bruce campbell has the weirdest like laugh reaction to it and, like like, really like a fakest like yeah <laughs> it's not exactly like offended it's just like ha 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 yeah it's so bizarre um they find the shotgun down there too the Hills Have Eyes poster is supposed to be a reference from a Ripped Jaws poster that was in The Hills Have Eyes. And so yeah, Sam yeah. Raimi interpreted it as Wes Craven suggesting that The Hills Have Eyes was more frightening than Jaws. So he wanted to show that <laughs> The Hills Have Eyes poster because he was trying to say that Evil Dead was going to be scarier than that. Throwing shade. Seriously. Um, yes. There is a similarity and just like that's another like Vacation Gone Wrong movie. And that's another one, too. That's like a weird blend of like being a parody and like a satire Ugh. while also doing it straight. It's a very creepy movie too. That's hard to watch. Yeah, Evil Dead is, is creepier than Hills of Eyes, but uh, uh, that one's good though. So yes, the, the words are right from the book. Cheryl's attacked. They can't leave. They come back to the cabin. They don't really know what to do. They're kind of just sitting around and things just go to fucking, like everything gets turned up to the max on the drop of a hat because- Cause it- yeah, the scene is so great because yeah. like the Linda and the other one, Cherry, are are the like one. doing Shelley. the psychic car test <laughs> where someone's trying to like guess what the other person has in their hand, and they're kind of like laughing, ha 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 ha, and then it's Cheryl just starts saying the cards, yeah, and it is one of the most creepy things, like they're just. As they flip, it happens, and then they stop flipping, and Cheryl just keeps saying the cards that right. she knows are going to be there. And that that's creepy enough, so it's like already unsettling, and then you have that kind of jump scare moment where just like 
her head whips around and then you see like the deadite makeup for the first time and it looks so good it is such a good design um like just the sickly color of the skin and the white eyes um they were completely blind while wearing the, those contacts in their eyes they couldn't see anything and i think that's where a lot of the injuries came from is that like these, these people were just walking around blind on set and it's like cabin that's falling apart with like you know i'm sure like loose nails everywhere and you know who knows what else like um so it it sounds like an absolute nightmare to play one of these one of these deadites but like the effect of it when she whips her head around and then the wind like starts blowing immediately and like you get the you know just the everything changes like suddenly um and she starts like floating in the air she asks who disturbed their slumber you know um, and then she kind of collapses to the ground. And this is where we get, this was the moment. This was the moment when I was a kid, even more than the tree scene. This was the moment where like it all, it just like my entire life changed when you will never look at a number two pencil the same way again. I never have. I, I literally think of anytime I do have to pick a number two pencil. I do think about this just all the time. Um, this along with, um, have you guys seen the movie secret window or secret garden? Whichever one is with Johnny Depp. Secret window. Secret window. Secret window. There's a scene in that one where someone gets stabbed in the in like Secret the card. Eh, Secret garden is a has that sickly kid in the children's the story. Yeah, the, the same garden thing, comes same to thing. life. There's a community episode with the trampoline that's yeah. making fun of Secret Garden. Oh, you know why I confuse it? Because he has like a garden in that movie, doesn't he? Where yeah, he, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why. I well, that's of it. what he buries his wife in. Yeah. Right. Well, so you can see why I got confused then. Uh, <laughs> But um, there's a scene in that where he does some, or something similar happens where, I mean, in this one, someone gets stabbed in the ankle with a number two pencil. And the way they just, like, have them digging into that prosthetic and, like, scraping as blood gushes out in such a way. I mean, like, you don't even see it's other It's the moving don't. around yeah. that does it. And that's the thing that, that gets you. There's something with the thickness of the fake blood in this one that just, like, really grosses me out more so than other movies like it, it's so viscous and like you know um the way it pools around things is insane it's made of caro caro or caro syrup i don't know how you say it Ca- caro syrup oh, okay. non-dairy caro. creamer and red food coloring it's that creamer part that's the creamer part that gives it that like thick yes oh man that's that's amazing see i didn't even know it was like their own home brewed <laughs> fake blood. That's awesome. And that I totally guess makes sense Bruce's as shirt dried yeah. at one point. He like dried it by the fire between takes. And when he tried to put it back on, it, it <laughs> just broke. <laughs> it shattered. His sh- that's amazing. That's yeah. God. I, I would give anything to be able to go back and see a filmmaker in this movie. Like seriously, it is just like, it's just like, these are magic tricks for pulling off just constantly over and over in this film. You know, it looks incredible. But yeah, that 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 pencil going into the ankle. I just I remember like the my body like physically going into shock from seeing that for the first time. Just like you know, like I felt the pain, and it's like the screams are are so intense and upsetting in this. And like from the moment she whips her head around, just like this movie does not give you a moment to breathe for like twenty to thirty minutes. Like it's so intense. Like up until like uh shelly is dismembered i think you just don't have a moment to really relax you know there are these quiet moments of like building tension before the next like big gore scene but uh the, the atmosphere is just so like you know over the top and and bloody and and like scary that i just like i was not you know you just you don't have a moment to like process what's happening it's all just 
you know, being thrown at you, um, scene after scene. It's a really good pace. And um, so, yeah, that's Cheryl gets, uh, Shelly gets stabbed. She gets possessed later. They lock up Cheryl in the basement where she stays for majority of the movie, just kind of poking her head out and laughing. There's a really cool POV shot of her lifting the door. Um, I think those are the best shots when yeah. it's the low shot of her busting out of the basement and just kind of doing it up and down, up yes. and down, laughing, shaking her head. That that laugh that like that I had it's nightmares awful. about that laugh after this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's awful. So she, very quickly, Shelley then gets possessed and attacks them, um, and Scott ends up dismembering her with an axe. And those scenes too, just like seeing the axe come down and like sever the limbs. Yeah, but the uh, best part is that is that as that's happening, she is she- yelling. No, you love her. Yes. You love her <laughs> to really try to nail the of like the fact home of like you're killing your girlfriend. You're having to do this. Yeah, very quickly they start using psychological warfare against them. Um and uh again, just the screaming, that that like distorted, low guttural, throaty like noises the deadites are constantly making. They don't shut the fuck up once they start screaming. <laughs> they just continually like, you know, go at you and it just like uh again just like that constant barrage of noise and and like things going on really got to me so after after cheryl is in the basement and shelly is cut to pieces um scott is just like i'm getting out of here don't care about any of you guys fuck linda because linda's like injured in the other room yeah he's like she can't walk and he's like i don't give a shit yeah he's like i'm i'm leaving um and again this to me is like the dissolution of a friend group this is the moment where scotty's like fuck your friendship like your weird sister got possessed and attacked me and they caused me to kill my girlfriend i'm out of here so he goes off into the woods but like shows up again very very quickly like super cut to pieces himself he also gets is this attacked when by he the trees says, according to him he's like she's dead we have to bury her now like all of a sudden it's just like yeah they no feelings. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't really have like he doesn't really seem to process what he just did to Sherry at all. But he just yeah, they bury her outside. Um, but he gets like fucked up and mortally injured from the woods. Apparently, we don't see that happen. But uh, so now it's just Ash and Linda who very quickly herself gets possessed. Um, we didn't talk about it, but there's that scene earlier where he, Ash gives her this necklace. I really oh, love it's yeah. such a bad necklace too. Yeah. Like it's. It's Almost just like a, a monocle. It's on the end thing. of a yeah. On the end of it's a, a magnifying yeah, glass, it. and it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like the film was supposed to use it. Uh, it was like a major plot point where it focuses on it. I guess they use sunlight to burn the book of the dead, but they just they scrapped mm. that idea. Um, and they just thought that that wasn't gonna work because that is kind of stupid. But that was in, as soon as I saw it, yeah. I was like, what are they just gonna like burn shit with it? But yeah, they they then they used it at the very end just because they spent all that time and that scene where he gives it to her and they're like, well, we have to do something right. with it. I think it's fine the way they use it. I like the way they use it. Um, and it's better. It's used better in the second movie, I think, as like a symbolic thing. Um, we also have. I th- I think it's already happened, but like when Scotty first goes into the basement, I just want to mention there's like a cool thing. But like, uh, and Ash follows him down there. We get the first time in these movies where there's like a 360 shot. Like, it starts with Ash coming down, and then it goes all the way around the basement in one take and coming back to Ash. There's a 360 shot like that in each of the Evil Dead movies. Um, hmm. Yeah, in a different location each time. Like, it's in Army of Darkness as well. I don't remember if it's ever in a show, or but I really love that one because it's like, 
do mid three sixty shot. You know, you, you can't have anything slightly off camera. No, no crew, no equipment, whatever. So it's literally just a cameraman going like, spinning around, and it looks fantastic, and it really gives you a cool sense of space of the basement um, and geography. Anyway, <laughs> Linda gets possessed. And this was the other part that just like stuck with me and and burned itself in my brain was her sitting on the floor looking up at Ash and like cackling, like that just never left my mind. I was in middle school when I first watched this, and I remember um, telling all my friends about it how much it like absolutely horrified me about how the, how bad the laughing was. And my friends made it a point to anytime they could, like if we were hanging out together pull up a youtube video of that and be like you know hey it's your favorite scene check it out <laughs> we're gonna watch yeah yeah so uh there's a great scene where ash is just like beating the sh- like smacking linda in the face repeatedly because she's laughing and he's yelling at her to shut up he regrets that scene i don't know if he regrets it but he says he doesn't like that scene or whatever same with the the vine assault earlier yeah, yeah. In there i guess both sam raimi and bruce have said that both of those things are uh, regretful. The smacking one to me, I mean, like, it, it makes sense to me. It, it's it's pretty over the top and crazy. He, like, like, how hard he hits her. Like, bam, bam. Yeah, but at, at this point in the movie, like, you almost kind of like, I don't know if they meant it to be comedic, but you kind of need to laugh at something like that at this point in the movie because it is so violent and like brutal and like upsetting. Like, I, I when I first watched it, I appreciated it, because it's like, that laughing is so, it just gets so under your skin. It's like, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's like a good, whatever, but <laughs> I can see why they, I, I kind of appreciate the, the slapping scene. It gives me something to laugh at. No, 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 Greg. You know? I, I'm going to isolate all this. <laughs> and Hitting women is fun. That's what, yeah. don't isolate that. Very okay? funny. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I sounded way too enthusiastic. I... <laughs> You're being sarcastic, you know, you're making know. fun of me, it's fine. So he he drags Cheryl, or uh, yeah, he drags uh, Linda outside. Linda. And um, the actress playing Linda told a story when he was dragging her for that. She, I think she said she got a concussion because he's pulling her off the stairs and her head came out and like, hit the ground or hit one of the steps Ooh. so hard. I was wondering that, like, about that. yeah. Though she says, like, she couldn't see anything. She didn't know where she was going. She was being dragged. She got the contacts in. And then she just felt like, it, she says, felt like a hammer hit in the back of the head suddenly. Just like, and she, like, saw stars and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and again, all of them are like, love this movie. Love that I did it. Don't care. You know, like, all worth it. Um, they had some funny stories about the audition process, too, about auditioning in San Remy's garage. And it was just basically like, how loud can you scream? And it's like, kind of how they were cast. Um, I think it could be confusing on someone else, but like, but yeah, they, I know the addition is Amway's garage. They all thought that was very weird and creepy, but they all, you know. Betsy Baker, who played Linda, she said that uh, she insisted that they meet in a public restaurant to discuss things because she thought the whole thing was strange. <laughs> <laughs> Smart, good move on her part. Yeah, yeah. So he drags her outside, and we get our first to another staple of the series is like the chainsaw montage. The montage yep. of like putting together tools and then turning the chainsaw on does not get used though. It's kind of a little bit of red herring where he is gonna cut up Cheryl and then decides he can't do it. So he takes her outside to bear her. She attacks him. She scratches the shit out of his leg and it's really upsetting uh, and and gross. And that's where he has that the limp and I guess the fact that he's actually injured makes him sell it all the more. Um, so she attacks him. He he decapitates her with a shovel. 
we see that twice more again in the series too. So he buries her. He goes back inside. He gets a shotgun ready. And I think he goes back down in the basement at this point to get the ammunition. And the demons are start fucking with him in a really fun way where they start like filling up the, there's like just blood starts dripping down from the ceiling and it fills the light bulb, which then bursts the blood. There's a projector that gets blood on it and is like casting onto him. There's that like weird really like cool. ragtime music playing. Yeah, it's it's so gross. I, I just love that like, there's always a thing of like the MPAA and movie ratings, like having that red blood is what they don't like. So I think it's because of this scene, especially too. They just like had so much blood, the MPA like really came down on them. So for Evil Dead 2, they start including like green blood and different colored bloods to like not get hit as hard by sensors. Well, they added 2% milk to like, some of it, like the white stuff that oozes with the blood and all that. Yeah, yeah. 2% milk. It looks like some like Dawn dish soap at the end, too, where there's blue goo coming out of her mouth. But I think the NC 17 yeah. rating maybe because of the forest rape scene, mostly. Probably. I mean, you're right. That's that's probably the thing that caused it more was that scene. But the red blood does not help movies. Like, I think that, that I think. Uh, Greg Nicotero talked about it for the, the Q&A at the second one. Is like, yeah, with the different colors, like that somehow helps you bypass it, you know? What if like, it was like, made like street tr- trash? Yeah. <laughs> right. That like fluorescent, yeah, yeah. or like Devil's Rain That's does the that best too. part of that know, movie. They're all different colors, the pastels. So he he's like attacked in the basement. He comes back up and this is where um, Cheryl is like outside and he shoots her with the gun a couple of times. Then Scotty comes up. I love the sound effect when Scott steps up because it's like growl. That's really cool. So we get one of my another favorite shots in the movie where Ash gouges Scott's eyes out <laughs> and you again have the fake blood like pooling around his fingers and then gushing around the sides of it. Oh man, it's it's it's, it's so intense. It's glorious, let me tell you. Yeah, incredible. Um his entire final set piece to me is spectacular because he like he pulls a branch out of Scott and he gushes blood out of that wound. Oh, that it's it like you said, gush. That yes. is like really the only way to put it. It's, it's a it's a dam breaking, yeah. And then just like right, you just yeah. unplugged, <laughs> and it just pouring out. Oh man! Uh, and then you have like he he's on the ground. He gets the book. He has the idea to burn the book. He's being attacked by Cheryl with a fire poker, while Scotty's like dragging on his leg. He manages to use the necklace as like a thing to extend his reach and pull the book so towards him. So fucking stupid. So then he can so throw the book into the stupid. fire. I I love it. I love how silly it is. Like, <laughs> um, I also love the texture of the book in this one. It, it does look like it's made out of like human flesh in this one. Genuinely, it's, it it's waxy. such a weird like. Yeah, waxy. There you go. It's perfect. Yeah. It's also got a different name in this one. I think it's like the. Oh, I have it written down. Uh, the Naturum de Monto. Is the name of the book in yeah. this one instead of the uh, um, Necronomicon Ex Mortis and the others? But anyway, uh, he throws the book into the fire, and we get a really, really fucking cool stop motion sequence as like the deadites like pause and then die. They like melt. Scotty has my as my favorite shot in the entire movie. I think it's Scotty, which everyone is standing up, where like uh, Sam Raimi like puts the camera probably on like this dummy's chest and then has it like fall forward. So you're like falling with it, and then it hits the ground and like explodes. I, I love those like really dynamic camera movements he does like that. Um, in Astros- you have them like start like decomposing, yeah. but then all of a sudden these like giant arms. Oh yeah, yeah, are like bursting out of them. Like it's some sort of 
uh, Lovecraftian thing like yes. going to come out, and then it it just ends up in like oh they fall down dead. Yeah, well, it's not just they fall, they do like again ex- kind of explode into chunks when they hit the ground. <laughs> so, but then the the I love that the book of the dead is a tongue too that it's like you know waving yeah. around. That's really creepy. So Ash just kind of like passes out. Understandably, you know, he falls asleep. He gets up sometime later. He walks outside, and then what do you know? Unseen force kind of comes out of the woods and hits him right as he turns around and screams. And we have that same ragtime music as our Dixieland rag. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it said uh, for the subtitles. Really? Oh boy, Dixieland yes. rag. <laughs> and yeah, this movie is an hour and twenty five minutes. It moves at lightning speed. I mean, just like there's no filler in this movie at all. You know, it's all just like you have your your short setup, and then as soon as things go wrong for these characters, like things just keep amplifying until you get that crazy ending. The original runtime was 117 minutes before they cut it. Oh yeah, it needed that. Like it needed to be chopped up. Like yes. it is the perfect length right now. I Absolutely. feel like yes. any more and you're just going to be why are we dragging this out? Yeah. I mean it, it's great. I mean you don't want to I mean it's it's you can always says like maintain this that atmosphere for so long too of like that like like I mentioned like from when Cheryl gets possessed to like Shelley getting dismembered you can only sustain that for so long like you can't drag it out too far else it'll cease to be scary and shocking you know so it's great that it's just like even it's, it's, the uh, yeah the remake's only like ninety two minutes too so. yeah I I think Evil Dead Two is like a minute shorter than the first one <laughs> like they're all really it's, short yeah, it's and both pretty short yeah so incredible movie it, it's it got its had its premiere at at the Cannes film festival in 1982 or 1981 sorry where uh stephen king saw it and stephen king's rave reviews managed to get it distribution and notoriety and like man and just like launched a career of sam raimi and thank god it did because like i i, I love sam raimi and what he does in all of his you know i haven't seen all of his movies but like in every in most movies i've seen you know he he's he's brilliant and like Somehow, like, I'm very intrigued about what he's going to do with Doctor Strange in the in the multiverse. It's something like that, right? In, it's multiverse not in the mouth of madness. In the mouth of yeah, that's what it is. Multiverse, multiverse of, of madness. madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I I hope he's able to maintain like his his Sam Raimiisms in it. You know what I mean? I want it to be kooky and crazy. Like the first superhero movie he made was dark man which to me is one yep. of the best i i fucking love dark man i want him to bring that same kind of madness that he that he you know uh showed there like spider-man has elements of dark man in it too so like i i hope he's able to to do what he what he wants and makes it his own but yeah this movie again extremely important to me i still get really uncomfortable watching it and it brings me right back to like when i was 12 watching this for the first time and like you know I, I i'm pretty sure i had a blanket that was like kind of like fucking hiding under the <laughs> classic like you know scared kid thing um but since then this served as the at the premiere that there were like little blood donor stations and they gave free tickets to the movie <laughs> with badges that said i bled for the evil dead if you donated blood and they also i guess Remy requested an ambulance to sit oh out like God. on standby as a publicity stunt too <laughs> that's so fun i yeah. love that he's stuff. very smart about that kind of stuff like yeah. that's that's really genius i think it's also worth noting that the almost all of the second half of the movie like the majority of it 
it's only Bruce and then a bunch of what's called fake shimps. Like they're not the original actors because they did right a bunch of the shooting and then the second half of the movies uh, like stand-ins, including uh, both Ted and Ivan Ramey. Yeah, yeah, classics. I think uh, Ted Ramey plays a big part in the second one. He's a ton of the. He's the one of the monsters in that one. I think Henrietta, like the Henrietta monster, is Ted Ramey. And during the Q and A for that one, we're not. I know we're not covering Evil Dead Two, but during the Q and A for Evil Dead Two, like he told a lot of great stories about being in the suit for the second one and like how fucking hard that was. Did you notice at all that they weren't the same actors? Because I didn't really, I couldn't really tell with all the makeup and other things that I, I could, I could tell like with Cheryl at, during certain shots because like she is like way bulkier than Cheryl, the actress was. <laughs> um, you could tell it's like a different body type. There's a couple times when you see when you first see Cheryl with the makeup mm-hmm. that you're like, okay, this is her, and then I think it gets so thick the makeup that you're like, this is this could be anybody, right? Exactly, yeah. But a fake shimp is, a, I think it's a term that, like, Sam Raimi invented. And he, he takes it from the Three Stooges, like, shimp from the Three Stooges. And, like, uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, it, that's a very common, commonly known thing is that, like, he, all of the violence and the physical, like, uh, co- you know, uh, choreography and stunts, like, he all, he's it's pulling from the Three Stooges. It's slapstick, to a degree. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's using a lot of the same tricks that they use just with blood and weapons and... <laughs> you know, gore and all that stuff. Yeah. So do we want to give some final thoughts and rate this? Yes. I know we're running long, so let's, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um, what, what do we want to rate it out of? I want Make to shots. rate it out. Pencils in the ankle. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> pencils in the, that's, that's, I'll, I'll never look at that that's, shot. That's so that's what we'll do. Yeah. Got to do it. Um, yeah. So final thoughts. I mean, like I can't say it anymore, how important this was to me and how, it opened up the world of horror to me because after this, like I could handle most things after watching the evil dead. Like it just, it like reset my brain and allowed me to take in a whole nother, you know, all these different other horror movies that I love. And even if the evil dead is not my favorite horror movie or even I, I, it's hard for me to pick if it's my favorite of the series or not, but it's up there, but it's so just like, that was such an important night to me. And then to again, have it, another important night with it a few years later seeing the you know i uh, seeing at the evil dead film festival just like i can't overstate how much this movie has meant to me so i, I gotta do it without even like going into other deep, just five out of five pencils of the ankle like i have to say i knew it yeah all right kill you can go okay i i enjoy this movie it's like a you know over the top gory fun kind of silly but it's 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 just a fun movie and i think that the combined um aspect of really enjoying the evil dead musical with my brother and also really enjoying going to see the remake also with my brother maybe i i like this movie because i have memories of my brother that could be it um but it was it's it's pretty fun but i would give it a i was i'm gonna go with a 3.2 oh no <laughs> that's not bad that's pretty good i'll take it i'll take it i'll take it that's, yeah yeah that's, yeah, yeah. That's better than a, uh, it's like a B minus, B plus, B minus. Yeah, I still think it's pretty good. It's not something that I, one of those movies that I'll put on anytime. I feel like it's a special occasion type of movie, uh, but it's always really fun to watch it around the Halloween season, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I am I am really glad that you, you picked this. It, it had been a while since I'd seen it. And like I said, I had to go, I was, re- before this, I was putting on two, just I'm like, I gotta... I gotta see more of it. Yeah. 
I and as I mentioned earlier, it it really is at the table with like Texas Chainsaw, uh, Halloween, all of these early influential horror films. Uh, it launched the career of both Campbell and Raimi, and I think they have done such good things that like it ha- they have surpassed this movie, but it it still shows how good they were at the very beginning. Um, I also love Bubba Hotep, and oh, Bruce yeah. Campbell is just phenomenal in that movie. Yeah, I I would be hard pressed. Did not give this lower than 4.75. And I think if we covered the second one, I would probably give that a perfect 5 out of 5. Yeah. Right. I just don't think this one actually hits the like the heights that that second one... Like, he's able to refine. Yeah. Uh, it even, like, shortens the first little bit. And, like, he, he kills his girlfriend within the first 15 minutes. Exactly, and you yeah. were just like on the road from there, um, getting to see him turn evil. Like the makeup is so good, the little ash running around, like cutting off your hand. It's I w- again, I would give that five out of five. This one comes so close, but they're able to improve upon it. Yeah, I think I think the big difference between this one and the second one is like. Um... Well, there is a lot of intentional like satire and parody to this one, uh, with that that group dynamic at the beginning and everything. I think there's there's also just still like an inherent like kind of unintentional campiness and like humor to some of this as well. Um, I think it was before he realized like, oh, I can make the gore funny as well. Like he just made the gore gory in this one. And the second one's like, I can make everything about it a comedy. Like I don't have to just like switch between horror and comedy. I'm gonna do both kinda in one. So, yeah. uh, and he's, he's, he's better at it at a time. We would let two rolls around, but, um, I love the scrappiness of this one, like something about just like the, the, you know, authentically like horrible looking cabin. Uh, it has a charm to it. Yeah. Everything about it, it feels so authentically like gross and evil. Yeah. Uh, but Hey, great scores all around, you know, uh, or pencils in the ankle, you know, good, good. Uh, oh, that's right. Pencils in the ankle. Yeah, yeah, gotta get that in there, of course. I was gonna say too. You mentioned like it's it's a it's a good sign of like you talking about a Sam Raimi's like debut and he's gone to better things, but it's still a great like a showcase of the talent. Showcase, yes, from I, the I, beginning. That's exactly how I feel about Eraserhead. It's a similar type of movie where it's like has David Lynch done better things than Eraserhead? Probably, but Eraserhead is like still the quintessential like David Lynch movie. Um, yeah, Raimi was and 20. he was twenty. I, it's absolutely. insane. Oh, yeah. You don't. You don't want to, like, actually compare yourselves to other people. I was thinking about it watching the James Bond movies this week. I am four years away from Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's insane. I feel like such a fat piece of shit, like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, I had that thought when I was watching, uh, I watched Boogie Nights for the first time last year. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, I'm literally, like, right now, the exact same age as paul thomas anderson when he made that movie like, yeah yeah f- fucking ridiculous i thought you were gonna talk about mark Wahlberg. <laughs> oh no <laughs> um but yeah that's gonna do it for the evil dead i'm i'm very happy to have picked it as well also i i did pick it just the right time the 40th anniversary is in five days so uh another timely pick of too, the recording yeah. 
Yes, within five days of the recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, October 15th, 40 years since Evil Dead came out. That's absolutely remarkable. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for this week then. So all three of us have now picked a movie that terrifies us. Um, Murphy. So this is the part of it. We're, we're doing trick-or-treating, right? Yeah. We've given you three treats, and now it's time for a trick. We're not doing a horror movie next mo- next week, are we? We're doing the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> okay, okay. 1984 Ghostbusters. It's it's been a couple of years since I've watched this. I I am I am very excited to watch it again, and another good timely one because there's another ghostbusters on the way yeah the new one's coming out soon so we can cover it It, it's been my i haven't seen this since i was a kid yeah it's been my favorite since i was five so it it has so much i'm gonna try not to gush as as much but uh it's (laughs) i i can't wait for us to watch it it's so good I, I'm excited. I'm very excited to, to rewatch it and, and talk about it and hear about your history with it and everything. Um, yeah, uh, Ghostbusters next week. I can't wait. Um, in the meantime, if people want to talk up to us, they can email at us at uh, Murphy. I always forget it. So <laughs> Weekly Podcast Massacre at gmail.com. Perfect. Or on Twitter, Instagram at Weekly Massacre. So um, tell us your history with the evil dead um tell us what you think of it which is your favorite out of the series uh and talk about the movies that generally scared you what movies actually terrified you um and uh yeah reach out to us we love to hear from from people um but in the meantime thank you we didn't talk about what our favorite in the series is let's do that yes okay uh, i would say two <laughs> you would say Definitely. two do yeah. You, yeah what is your favorite kill i like this one this is your favorite of all of them yeah, that's a see. I always respect that opinion. Two, I mean, two is it's just, mine is probably two as well. But like, I I love 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 the the underdog nature of of this first one. And again, like it's it's the one that introduced me to horror in general, really. So, but that, I love that. Did you guys have watched any of the series? I could have asked that too. Yeah, the Ash vs. Evil Dead. I the first season, yeah. and I need to finish the second at some point. Yeah, I, I, I finished the first two seasons and for some reason never went on to the third, but I really enjoyed that show. I think it's a it's a really fun horror series with its own great characters and great gore moments and everything. Agreed. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Hail Satan. Yes. Hail Satan. Bye, everybody. Hail Satan. Bye. Bye.